the stone doesn't shrink. Mm -hmm. It dissolves yeah. into like grains of sand, right? Sorry for saying sorry. Media presents the Per Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary professional healthcare team. If you are dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, the famous cat vet and author of multiple textbooks, and Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. And we're back, and this is Dr. Yola Kirkenstein and Dr. Susan Little. Yeah, so this is Percast number three. We're so excited that you join us again. Um, and if you wouldn't mind to leave us a good recommendation at yeah. either the iTunes store or the Google store where you got this podcast, that would be great. And tell your friends. And tell your friends about this awesome Percast. Percast, because it's only cats. It's only cats. We're talking about cats 90% and sometimes the D word. Only to compare and contrast. Only to compare and to contrast. Exactly. So we're really happy to be back. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is number three from our stone series. Mm. Uh, the Rolling Stones? The ro <laughs> <laughs> you are so funny. <laughs> the Rolling Feeling Stones. Right. So, um, and we were talking about cats and stones, and we're mm. focusing on bladder stones or bladder calculi. And we, the first um, percast, per we really were focused on. Uh, how to diagnose a little bit of the background behind them and we're talking about the Minnesota Urolith Center uh, which is awesome and uh, the second one we were talking about how really to diagnose them through radiographs yep especially in younger cats because it's either a stone or it's idiopathic cystitis yep number one and number two uh, possibilities for cats that have lower urinary tract signs and then we talked about the various different kinds of stones that we see in cats and now we want to show you a case and we cannot yeah. really show the case <laughs> but dr susan obviously is a private practitioner in where do, where do you live oh what's well my practice mm -hmm. is in ottawa ontario canada so i have two cat only mm -hmm. um, hospitals there yeah yep. Mm -hmm. And so we get a lot of cases for, uh, from uh, from Susan's practice that we'll be talking yep. about. And I think uh, you have an excellent case uh, for this specific podcast about calculi. Yeah, so this is a nice recap because at the end of the last podcast, we talked about how we prefer the least invasive method for treatment uh, for uroliths. And especially if a cat has a struvite urolith, or we're not sure, mm -hmm. then we're going to at least try two weeks of dietary therapy with a food like CD is my preferred food in that case to see if we can either eliminate or at least decrease in size. And so I just wanted to tell you about a patient and this is actually a patient that uh, uh, I was told about by a colleague of mine, Dr. Liz O'Brien. Oh, cool. Yeah, she has uh, two cat practices also in Ontario. We love Liz. And we love Liz. And this is just an amazing case that we've been telling people about in our lectures because um, it's just a great example of how I think that when cats have struvite stones, they're often easier to dissolve with dietary therapy than dogs. 
So Liz told us and shared with us, we sadly we can't show radiographs, no, right? No, we can't. No, if we could, we would, but we can't. So. But we can describe the cat. Gizmo. We'll describe it. So Liz shared with us a case of one of her patients named um, Gizmo, mm-hmm. who came in with lower urinary tract signs, and Gizmo's a young cat. Mm-hmm. And as we talked in the last podcast, if you have a young cat, and we're going to say under the age of let's say eight to ten, then the likely diagnoses are idiopathic cystitis or uroliths and how we prefer radiographs mm-hmm. because idiopathic cystitis is a diagnosis of exclusion mm-hmm. right so really Correct. really the question you're answering is does this have cat have a stone yeah. yes or no so that's what liz did so she had a urinalysis yeah. and the cat had some radiographs done and so liz shared the radiographs with us and uh they found a stone it was huge and it had the characteristics um, of a struvite stone. Mm-hmm. So the, the shape... And how would you describe that? Yeah, so we talked in the last podcast about the differences, radiographic appearance of struvite versus calcium oxalate. So the struvite stones tend to be few in number mm-hmm. and they tend to be not very radiodense, especially if you compare it to the density of bone. So that's what Liz saw in uh, in Gizmo and they were pretty characteristic for struvite stones. Yeah, so if I look at the radiograph right here, I see a cat belly. Um, the cat is relatively obese, I would say, so there's a lot of fat there, which uh, But we know, know that's a risk factor. And it's a risk factor. Yeah. And then so in the caudal part of the abdomen, ventral abdomen, there is the bladder. And the nice thing about fat is you can see everything really mm. clear. So in this cat, you can see the bladder delineation amazingly. But if you look in the bladder itself, then suddenly you see a couple of stones, of which one is relatively big. I'm mm. quite impressed by the stone size. Mm. And so if you can't find the bladder, just look where the pelvis is and go down a little bit and then it lays on the abdominal floor um, and uh, and this cat uh, for the rest of it, except for the obesity is not a lot of other things no. to see so no. um, the one thing that we always say that is really really important when you look at radiographs look at the complete radiograph so we're not only looking at the bladder we're looking at the whole urinary tract so we're looking at the kidneys most of the time we can see the two kidney shadows and then obviously we cannot see the ureters but if there's anything wrong with them so if there's stone formation in there we can't see it so yeah. this cat had no abnormalities except for having a lot of fat being obese a little bit of air in the colon which is normal and then this bladder that is i thought pretty good size and Mm. then those stones yeah so that's pretty typical and and you know yola makes a good point because cats can have stones in the upper urinary tract that are calcium oxalate and at the same time have stones in the lower urinary tract that are struvite i have even seen cats with a stone in the urethra that was missed and so there were stones in the bladder, Good but then point. we looked at the whole urethra and, right. and obviously the urethra in a cat is different, especially in the male cat, it goes straight to the back. Um, and there was a stone right there that people missed. That's a good point. So when we say evaluate the entire urinary tract, we mean kidneys all the way to the end of the urethra. Yep. Yeah. And I see quite a lot of radiographs where it's cut off cut off at the end of the cat. Yep. So, you know, it. the pelvis is just barely on it and we don't yep. see totally to the end. And I think that is a very important point. Yeah, so so we have great radiographs um, mm-hmm. for Gizmo. So Gizmo was treated with uh, a diet. She was actually treated with uh, Hill CD because we, we know we've got some good uh, independent evidence that uh, this this diet can dissolve struvite stones on average. That's multi-care. In how, sorry, yeah. CD yeah. multi-care. Yeah. In average, how many days? Um, in average, it's 21 days, but mm. it can be as early as seven. It can be quicker. And so uh, what we recommended, and we talked about this in the last podcast, 
is that once your patient is eating only the recommended diet, and it might take a little bit of time for them to mm. get completely switched over and making sure the owner's compliant. Then we recommend you re-radiograph the cat at the two-week time point. Well, Liz actually re-radiographed this cat one week later. Oh, she was very enthusiastic. Yeah. And so at one week later, these uh, stones were almost gone. You can just barely mm -hmm. see the remnants of the stone. Yeah, if we look at the radiograph right now, it's the same obese cat because that doesn't help in one week. So, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, there are not that many changes. Uh, we see once again a overfilled uh, colon with some air and some feces in there. The bladder is uh, almost as big, mm. but if you look at the bladder very carefully, the, it's very difficult. You can see them, but it's very difficult. And they have decreased at least 80, 90% of, uh, of size. Um, so uh, that is quite a dramatic change, I have in to say. In one week. In one yep. week. And remember wow. again, cats typically don't have infections with their struvite stones. So which I, really helps. Which really helps. I think they dissolve quicker. And then, of course, the cat was radiographed again at the two-week time point, and they're completely gone. Yep. So same cat, yep. same obesity, and uh, now we see a beautiful bladder that is filled without any stone uh, formation. So we always get a question about, so when I put these cats on diets, especially male cats that have struvite, shouldn't be worried that the stones get oh. smaller and then they get stuck. You know, that's a really good question. And we got that question um, a number of times because we've been doing some lectures on uh, bladder stones in cats, um, especially in Latin America mm -hmm. lately. And that question came up multiple times. And so I can tell you that I have never seen that happen. And we also know Dr. Jody Lulich says he... He doesn't see that happen either. No, he says that it doesn't happen. And he has seen many, many, many a case. And uh, so, but I do have to say that some people uh, from private practice that I know say that it did happen. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine had a cat that where they thought it happened, although that was a calcium oxalate stone. And so, you know, why do you think it's not happening in true fights? Yeah, so uh, we can only guess, mm -hmm. but m my guess is that the stone doesn't shrink. Mm -hmm. It dissolves yeah. into like grains of sand, mm. right? So I think most of us, and, it, and it's a valid fear. I understand why veterinarians are worried about this because sure. I think most of us picture mentally this stone getting like smaller and smaller and smaller right? and then get stuck and then get and then it'll get small enough that it'll start to void mm -hmm. with urine and get stuck but i think what happens is at least at some point in this process the stone actually kind of disintegrates okay right i, I it's my guess mm. i don't know uh, but really i i we would never say never yeah. but i think the chances that you'll have a male cat obstruct during this process very pretty small. rare very small pretty, pretty rare. small yeah so so it can happen we know that yeah. obstruction can happen we also know that often it's a plug and not a stone itself so it's kind of yeah. a combination of sediment and protein mucus. and mucus yeah. um so but uh, but yeah having a stone getting smaller and then getting stuck doesn't I, seem no to be a thing. i don't think it is um this also reminds us the fact that in cat stones very rarely are affected uh, or are com combined with infection. So the use of antibiotics, Susan. Yeah, so I would say, unless you have a positive urine culture, you, I need firm evidence 
that a cat needs antibiotics mm -hmm. when they have lower urinary tract stones. It's the minority of cats. And I think very few people do a urine uh, culture. Yeah. Uh, but they do put them on uh, on uh, antibiotics, especially when they do surgery. And uh, often they favor antibiotics that are long acting too. Yeah. So we really need to be more cognizant of our use of antimicrobials. It's mm -hmm. part of not just um, good stewardship of these drugs in veterinary That's medicine. That's a great word. It is, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I like that word stewardship. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, but also in the One Health concept yeah. as well. Right? No, I totally agree. So, yeah. and, and, and Susan and I are both convinced that cats that have lower urinary tract disease that are younger than 10 of years mm. of age, there's a very small chance that yeah. it's a urinary infection. So I would say no to antibiotics. Yep. We'll say no unless you have firm evidence. So if you do want to give a drug to these patients, mm -hmm. uh, I would say what we would give them uh, would be an analgesic drug. And that's exactly right. So the other question do, that we often get is yep. these cats are painful, so surgery is probably the easiest way to get rid of the pain, which uh, we counter with the fact that surgery itself is really painful. And so I don't think that's a very good but reason, but what I do think is that these cats are very sensitive and painful, so we need to have appropriate pain medication. Yep. And what pain medication would you use? So, you know, you have a number of choices and it's gonna vary country to country. So mm -hmm. Some countries have um, availability of, of drugs that other countries don't. Yep. So often a good choice is an opioid. So we might use buprenorphine. If it's available. If it's available, it isn't always yep. available. Um, uh, another good choice would be one of the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, yep. as long as there's no contraindication in your individual patient. Yep. So one of those classes of drugs. Yep. Yeah, and typically I've found, while we're going through medical dissolution, we might only need about a week at the most of pain mm -hmm. medication. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, because the dissolution process is so fast. That's exactly it. And I think that uh, uh, by treating them, you also do something with the uh, with the inflammatory component. Oh, right. So that's really right. important too. Uh, so we talked a little bit, but it, when the stones are very small, uh, Dr. Lulich has a alternative minimal invasive therapy that he uses, which is called voiding uropropyl. Mm. Voiding Eurohydropropulsion. I know, I have to, you know. <laughs> okay, English is not my first language, but I'm trying. Well, it's a tongue twister anyway. <laughs> it is a yeah. tongue twister. It is. So explain to us a little bit what that means. This is a really cool technique um, that involves voiding the stones from the bladder. Mm -hmm. Now, caveat, the feline urethra, very small. They, yeah. So Four we can or five only, millimeters. Yeah. So mm. really small. So we can only really do this technique in female cats where the urethra is a little wider. And we can only do it if the stones are less than four to five millimeters in size. So only small stones. Yeah. And only stones that are smooth. Because if they're very irregular or jagged, they're not going to smoothly pass through the urethra. And I just want right. to say there's some really cool videos on YouTube yeah. uh, to, when you put in the Euro Hydro Purple. Propulsion. Propulsion technique. <laughs> then, uh, see, I knew she would laugh about that. Um, I, I don't know why they haven't. Uh, it needs a new acronym, name. Yeah. An acronym. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, but just describe a little bit what they're doing. Yeah. So this is a cool technique. Now it does have to be done under general anesthesia. Mm -hmm. So your patient does have to be able to tolerate general anesthesia. So again, it's going to be a female cat with small stones. So um, we induce general anesthesia and we place a catheter, urinary catheter into the bladder, which can be, you know, a little bit trickier in the female than the male. But you know what, it's it's nowhere near as hard as people say it is. Really? No, I don't think so. So give us a couple of good tricks. So you can do it with a, a visual technique. Yeah. 
where you use something like an otoscope, mm-hmm. you know, to visualize the little papilla where you're going to guide your catheter, your catheter And you use a tube. sterile one, not yeah. one that you use in the ear of a dog. No, 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 exactly. Um, I prefer a blind technique. So I'll just palpate. You'll feel a little papilla mm-hmm. where the urinary urethral opening is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll do it blindly and then guide the catheter um, oh. through down there. Yeah, so so it's just a, you know, it's just a little picky thing that you just need a little bit of practice. You need to practice. Yeah. So you're going to place a urinary catheter with a three-way stopcock yeah. on the end. And uh, you're going to use sterile saline and you're going to infuse it into the bladder because you want to distend the bladder. You want to float the stones because sometimes they kind of stick to the mucosa of the bladder, mm-hmm. right? So you want to loosen up and you can even kind of gently agitate the bladder okay. carefully. Uh, and then you have an assistant hold the cat in an upright, a vertical position. Yeah, as a matter of fact, they hold them under the elbow. Yeah, so kind of under hang- the axilla, right? Hanging, the belly yep. is hanging. Yeah, and usually the assistant holds the cat in that position, and the cat is kind of against the assistant's mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. with the ventral aspect of the cat facing you mm-hmm. because you are then going to palpate and express the bladder. the bladder. Yeah. And you wait a little bit, and I sometimes see Jody move the cat belly yeah. a little bit so the stones fall down because of gravity. Gravity. And then he feels the bladder, and yep. then he... Well, first you remove the urinary catheter. Obviously. Or it's not going to work, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to have a bowl, something to catch Mm -hmm. um, the saline. So the goal is you're going to express the saline out of the bladder and hopefully the stones will come along with the saline. And after you do that, you send in the stones for analysis. Mm. Don't forget that. So if it's worth to take it out, it's worth to send it up. It is. That's one of my pet peeves. And I want to say that it's with biopsies, it's with stones, it's with anything. We need to know what we're doing. So uh, Because that matters for prevention and and for therapy yeah that's, that's super super important. yeah yeah so that's a really cool technique and you might uh, then want to re-radiograph the cat make sure all the stones are gone because you might have to repeat that you know that uh, filling of the bladder and flushing it out again yeah so cool technique in selected patients but yeah so we we talked a little bit about newer techniques mm. that are coming up uh we have not talked anything about stones in the upper urinary tract and mm. probably it's a little bit too it's got a little bit too far to talk in detail about yeah. it but most of them those are calcium oxalate stones and and we feel that we only treat those when there is clinical signs yeah so when there's severe clinicals or when there's clinical signs then you need to think about uh, treatments options that we have and there are a couple of treatment options that are available uh, next to taking the stones out by surgery which we normally don't mm. recommend uh, but there is are some subs that you can place or Ure- some ureteral bypasses sometimes bypasses. medical therapy might mm-hmm. work to distend the ureter and flush the stone through yeah um, uh, stenting so you know uh, if medical therapy doesn't work you probably need a specialist yeah and it's, yeah. it's quite and there's some really cool minimal invasive techniques now that you can use uh, to to do that so uh, yeah. so that's for the calcium oxalates that are in the upper urinary tract um, and with those cases I also would also be very careful about concurrent diseases totally we walk yeah because a lot of those cats have pre-existing uh, chronic kidney disease mm-hmm. or concurrent chronic kidney disease right so we want to be really careful we're only going to intervene if it's we really think there'll be a benefit to the cat and that's exactly it so yeah. so we also talked about the fact that so we do the step one is cat with urinary disease then we take a radiograph then we look at the minnesota urolith app and the fourth step is really to put them on a diet and see if it decreases and if it doesn't decrease and you're very suspicious that's calcium oxalate then there's only one therapy left. yeah so here's where here's where yola gets to shine yes he's been waiting he's been waiting this is the third podcast he's been waiting jumping <laughs> weeks. the bit jumping the bit <laughs> he's to, been waiting weeks to, to talk about 
surgery, surgery at last. Right. You know, it, you know, the whole idea of this podcast was that we had medicine <laughs> and surgery, but it has been a waterfall of medicine and very little surgery. Well, it's your moment. Thank you. Moment to shine. So when we talk about the surgery of the bladder, um, we need to do a ventral approach. So ventral exploratory. And when you open the abdomen, it's worth it. When it's worth it to open, I always do an exploratory to complete urinary tract. So I look at both kidneys. I look at the ureters if I can see them on both sides. Uh, sometimes I feel them. Um, you can see them beautifully. They contract wonderfully. Uh, so it's a, a really good thing to do. And then they dump uh, themselves in the dorsal part of the bladder. So I tend not to cut the dorsal side of the bladder. I prefer to cut on the ventral side so as is perfect that's the side that you see when you open up uh, the cat so our incision is in the caudal uh, uh, area of the abdomen in the midline and make a small incision uh, so you can see the bladder really well and then you use a couple of stay sutures i pack the bladder with some uh, four by fours or surgical sponges so when you have some leakage of urine it goes into the sponges and then i take a blade uh, of an 11 blade and I make a small stab incision into the bladder, take a, a, a suction device, suck out the urine, and we don't have to be afraid that it's infected in cats. So mm. I take more uh, measures to prevent urine leakage in dogs than I do in cats. And after the urine is gone, most of the time the bladder that was really nice and big shrivels up to a mm, little like a walnut. I know, mm. angry walnut. <laughs> That's a good description. An angry walnut. An angry walnut. So, uh, and then we open up the bladder. I make my incision relatively big so I can do a quick uh, look around. Um, I also put a catheter. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you usually catheterize these cats? I do. Yeah, I, I think do. it's a good idea. And then idea. I flush them as my factor yeah. for a grade. Right. Because I don't want to have stones getting stuck in the urethra yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I think, and I'm, I can't remember exactly, but I think there was a study that looked at how many stones were left behind. Yeah, there has been a study. And yeah, and it's shockingly high. It is high. shocking. It yeah. is shockingly high. So, yeah. so you need to remove as as perfect all, all the stones that you can. Uh, so I count them before I do the surgery, if possible, if it's not a thousand of them. And then uh, I have a favorite instrument. Yeah, you do. Oh, but can I ask you a question first? Yeah. Before then we'll talk about your favorite tool. Yeah. So what if I don't have suction? Yeah. Um, so, so here's what I've done and you can tell me if I'm yeah. right or not. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Here we go. <laughs> so am I right <laughs> or not? Yeah. So if you don't have suction available to empty the urine out of the bladder, is it okay to take a sterile needle and syringe and aspirate urine from the bladder before you make the incision? Is it okay to do that? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, but okay. but, but and, and what I don't understand then is why don't you do it in surgery? Okay. So no, normally, no, I mean during surgery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what I do normally if I don't have an um, aspiration device, then I just get a sterile syringe and yeah. a sterile needle in yeah. surgery right. and then okay, I remove good. the... Phew, I'm and, glad. And it doesn't matter. I mean, these... They Everybody is always so worried about, in, you know, uh, putting needles in bladders because they leak, but they don't. So yeah, or if they do, you know, it's minimal. minimal, and in the cat, it's not infected. It really doesn't no. matter. And and the yeah. and the abdomen is more than able to deal with a little bit of urine in the abdomen. Right. So. Uh, okay, so I learned mm -hmm. during our lectures that you have a favorite piece of equipment, which is a little unorthodox, I must I know. say. I know. <laughs> for um, cystotomies in, in cats, and it has to do with your mother. Yeah, so it's not for cystotomies itself, but it is for spooning out <laughs> the, uh, stones. the stones. And it's just, perfect, just a normal spoon. Teaspoon. So, 
I take a stee spoon, I sterilize it, and then I use it to pick up the stones out of the bladder. It's atraumatic. And you know, I, I always had a problem. Normally, it depends on what kind of forceps you yeah. have. It's very difficult to pick the stones up. And with the spoon, you just scrape Scoop them out. Doesn't your mother miss the teaspoons that you steal uh, from does. her house? She <laughs> does. She does. Yeah. So that's a, that's a problem. That's a problem. But, uh, right. Every Christmas, I give her new ones. <laughs> You're a good son. I know. See? That's a good yeah, way to do it. it. So, yeah. and then, uh, then let's talk a little bit about closure after you have removed it. I do flush the bladder. Um, very copiously so to get as much out as possible and then I close the bladder and in a cap it's most of the time just a single layer closure so with small suture material 4 or 5-0 my preferred suture material is monocryl but there's a lot of discussion about different suture materials so I like monocryl uh, because it's monofilament and works really well Um, if the bladder is really thick then I do a two-layer closure, mm. so just the mucosa and uh, then uh, the muscular layer and the, the, the submucosa. The problem that we, so the, the thing that we have to talk about a little bit is the sutures itself. Yeah, because it's not innocuous, no, right? Even exactly. if your technique is good, it's still possible you could have a very specific problem. And I remember Jody showing these pictures of these stones and then when he cut the stone in the middle there's a piece of suture so suture are very calculogenic oh good genetic, word good word calculogenic good exactly. word exactly yep. so uh, so uh, yeah so that that's a problem and we have a paper yeah there's actually a paper in the literature that looked at 176 cases of, of suture remnants in dogs and cats and so these cats and dogs formed stones only because the suture was a nidus. And that's by Dr. Apple and uh, Scott Weiss and yep. Dr. Stone. And it's Start interesting, Dr. Houston. Uh, yep. Sherry is a both a lawyer and a DVM. Yep. That's so it uh, cool. was in the Journal of the American Veterinary Medical Association. So very nice article mm-hmm. uh, published it. in 2008. Yeah. Yep. And it highlighted the fact that uh, it's not innocuous and you certainly need to have the best technique you can mm-hmm because we don't want to leave suture exposed, but even so, it's a risk. Yeah, and I think Jody had, during his talk, he was talking about uh, urine being very super saturated, mm. and then you only need one little nidus to form a stone, and that's the suture. So the suture yep. is not innocuous, and, and we have to think about that. So if you're not completely sure about your suture layer, and you want some extra protection, then you can put a little omentum over it. So that's called, uh, Like an uh, omental patch pexy. on the surface, yes. omental pexy. That's exactly it. Nice, so, nice. Um, all right, so um, then we have to talk a little bit about the fact that we talked about the two most common things, but it could also be a other thing like a tumor. Yeah, so you know, uh, in older cats, mm-hmm. uh, we might be more concerned that there's a tumor there, and the number one tumor we see in in, uh, in cats. You you just recently told me that I've used the wrong name for yeah, it all you these did. years. So what was it? That's so to... so. I've always called it a transitional cell carcinoma, mm-hmm. right? But you said there's new terminology. Yeah, it's a uro epithelial, epithelial tumor. Ah, so, so it sounds like a broader term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but these are still the most common um, tumor, usually in the trigone of the bladder um, of the cat. So an older cat, uh, we might be more suspicious of that. We can see polyps yeah, too, of course, benign yeah. polyps. They're not very common. But no, yeah. but you might see them. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
So let's, let's talk a little because uh, we're almost at the end of the podcast yeah, about prevention. Prevention, because these cats are repeat offenders. Yeah, and there's actually at least one study in the literature looking at how commonly cats, and it's from Minnesota, I think, because they can track the same cat, mm-hmm. and they looked at whether stones come back from the same patient. And the number one stone that has repeat offenders is, do you know? So I'm I'm sp- I'm springing this. Here's your question. The right? number one stone. Which stone type is most likely? to be to recur and that and that Minnesota gets it back from a from a patient. I would say oxalate. You're right. Woo-hoo. Good choice. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so calcium some cats, Minnesota Urinal Center has records of some cats coming back like three, four more times. Wow. Yeah. So we but do want to talk are so difficult. They are a little more difficult. So we do want to talk a little bit about prevention. And of course we mentioned in the uh, previous podcast that when we can use dietary therapy to um, dissolve struvite stones, the benefit is those diets, especially the ones like CD MultiCare, also prevent future struvite mm-hmm. and they prevent your, prevent future oxalate. Yep. So it's like an all-in-one therapy because we don't want to be changing diets on cats any more than we have yeah. to. Right? So but we they want don't use... dissolve. No, oxalate. good point. We can't. Yeah, yeah that's been really. Nobody knows mm-hmm. how to do that. No, no yeah. chance. No but we're talking prevention now. Mm-hmm. So we do want to use a stone prevention diet yes. with these patients because we want to reduce the repeat In offenders. Every patient. Every patient mm-hmm. with a stone. We want some type of stone prevention diet. Now, we mentioned earlier that we've been doing these lectures in Latin America. They see a lot of purine stones. Correct. And for those stones, there isn't a, like a specific diet, but we typically use a restricted protein diet, okay. probably like maybe a diet that you use for a cat with kidney disease mm-hmm. would be an appropriate prevention. Sometimes yeah. even dissolve some of those stones. Right? Yeah. And uh, you know, I yeah. would you probably use a diet for kidney, but then with some added fatty acids. Yeah, or exactly. Anti-inflammatory. Exactly. Properties. We want everything we can. But if we're preventing struvite and calcium oxalate, so we're going to use a, a preventive diet. Um, CD MultiCare is a good choice as an example. Struvite, I think, is easier as mm-hmm. long as the owner is compliant. Yep, that's exactly right? it. Right? Then, I mean, if they come back with a struvite stone, it's probably because non-compliance. Yeah. Yep. But calcium oxalate, um, i going to tell you three things. All right. Three things. Prevention of calcium oxalate. Mm-hmm. So, number one. You we have need, two minutes. Okay, number yeah. one. <laughs> we need a dilute urine-specific gravity. Yeah. So we're trying to get the urine-specific gravity down around 1030 or lower. Mm-hmm. So I monitor that. Uh, canned food uh, might help increase okay. water intake. If it doesn't, then we can use a diuretic. And probably the most commonly recommended would be hydrochlorothiazide. Okay. Old drug. Um, you have a dose for that? Yeah, like a milligram per kilogram twice a day. So the goal is to get the urine-specific gravity down so we don't have so much saturation. Okay. Right? That makes sense. Goal number two. Urine pH needs to be between 7 and 7.5. And the prevention diet might do that. Okay. Right? If it does, great. You want it, but you need to check. Yeah. If it doesn't, then we will add potassium citrate. And typically, we'll add 50 to 75 milligrams. It's usually a powder. It's usually mixed with food twice a day. Do they like it? You know, it depends. We've not had a not a lot of refusal of it, but we're talking cats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to say anything to do with a cat. So I would always try without the drug options, Mm -hmm. but I do think it's important to have a target urine-specific gravity. So we want the urine-specific gravity 1030 or lower and a target pH 7 to 7.5. And use a drug if the diet alone isn't enough. This is for calcium oxalate. 
because it's important. And then you have a third thing. So the third thing is, we mentioned, I think in the last podcast, Mm -hmm. that when we see calcium oxalate stones in cats, we always check for uh, hypercalcemia. So that uh, uh, seems to be increasingly common that we see idiopathic hypercalcemia, middle-aged cat, older cat, sometimes breed-associated, Persian, Himalayan, Siamese, mm-hmm. uh, Burmese, but it could be any cat. So I always check total serum calcium. Ionized would be even better. And we might actually have to go down another pathway, which we don't have time to talk about, no. but that's treatment of idiopathic hypercalcemia. No. So please check those patients for hypercalcemia. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So uh, to finalize and finish uh, this uh, podcast up, I think that uh, um, why we started the lecture series and also this podcast is the fact that Minnesota Urolith Center still gets 50% of all stones submitted either for dogs or for cats being struvite stones. Mm. So they get about 100,000 dogs and 10,000 cats per year or 16,000 cats per year. So 50% of all those cases are struvite stones. And for me, struvite stones should be medically disabled. So that's thousands of cats that don't need surgery. Exactly. So yeah. as a matter of fact, they are torturized, if that's a word, by by surgeons. Yeah. Uh, Certainly by, having a more invasive treatment than exactly. they need. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and 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 this is really what we would like to do. And uh, Jody, Susan, and I have uh, combined our forces and our mission to stop screw fights in 2020. So yeah. um, we want everybody to do a pledge. And so yeah. the four steps that we that we provide to you is if you have a cat, and we're focused on cats here, um, that have urinary signs, yeah. you take a radiograph, step two. Yeah. Step three is you check the Minnesota Urolith app. And step four is you start them on a diet. Yep. For so two if weeks. you think it's Struvite or you're not sure, please give diet a try mm-hmm. and re-radiograph after two weeks. And then if they are smaller or they're disappeared, then you keep on going with the diet. Um, and if they don't, what happens if they don't? Then you probably have to do more diagnostics. Yeah. And uh, see. make sure the owner's compliant with the diet. And, and that's the other thing. You have to be very, very sure that they listen right. to you. Uh, so last but not least, before we finalize this podcast, the million stone in the ah. Minnesota Urolith Center. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. What kind of stone yeah. is it? So, so what's the name of the million stone, I right? Know. It's like the, your one millionth customer. Exactly. No. So what was the one million stone? It was a calcium oxalate yes. stone. So it was 50% chance, obviously. Yeah. So um, I had a 50-50 um, chance. 50, okay, 50. can we do something really quick? Yeah, sure. So Except everybody... for liking this podcast on uh, yes. the App Store and the Google Play. Okay, so everybody who's listening, raise your left hand. Oh, we're, right? we're raising our left hand you can't see us okay and so we want you to say after us yes say after us go ahead we will never we will never ever 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 take out struvite stones take out struvite stones from now on from now on perfect no more surgery for struvites yes that sounds good thank you so much susan for these amazing three podcasts and i'm so excited that we'll be doing this for the rest of our lives so we're going (laughs) you know we're going to talk about some excellent topics if you have ideas give them to yeah. us yeah and then uh, we can uh, yeah we'll can, tackle anything probably we'll tackle anything sure and uh, we're probably also planning some facebook lives and other things but uh, hopefully these podcasts will be uh, a success yeah mm-hmm. yeah please tell your friends so this is percast percast number three a perfect podcast for your cat exactly join us next time all right see you later thank you bye-bye
Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat Clinical Medicine and Management and August Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. You can follow her on social media with the handle at CatVetSusan. Dr. Yola Kerpenstein is a diplomat of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently for Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETS.